This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Thank you for your mighty presence here and what you are already doing in many lives. Breaking every yoke, transforming lives, changing lives, moving people up. We give you praise. Blessed be your name. Thank you for unction. Thank you for all trust this morning. Glory to your name. Our advantage is in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing multiplies with intimacy. If you are not ready to spend time with God, you will not walk in the anointing. Let's read first John 2.27 as we start today. First John 2.27. By the way, I'm going to recommend that you get the first service message. I mentioned you are free. Just watch. Okay, so first John 2.27. Let's read something from there. And the Bible says, But the anointing which you have received, the anointing which you have received, not that you are going to receive, the anointing which you have received abides in you. There is an anointing in you. Hallelujah. Amen. And for, since last we've been talking about that, the anointing within and the anointing upon a believer. And we talked about the fact that what gives you spiritual strength is the anointing that is within you. If you go to the verse before this one, the Bible says in verse 26 of this same chapter, uh, let's start from there. I will soon ask us to see verse 26 of this first John. Please, just a verse. These things I have written to you are concerning them that seduce you. That means there is an anointing within that makes it impossible for you to be deceived. He said these things I have written concerning those who deceive you. Then verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received of him, you need not that any man should teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things. There's an anointing that opens your eyes to see deception. That opens your eyes to see things that ordinary people cannot see. And the Bible says you have received that anointing. But there's something I want to talk about today. Because what we need to be careful of are the things that are clogging the anointing, polluting our spirit, and making us very insensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You can have your seat briefly. Thank you. The strength is in the anointing. I want to show you something quite strange as we start. All of you are familiar with Numbers tw chapter 12. Now because I'm a bit rushed, I'm going to show you. Numbers 12. So Miriam and uh, Aaron decided to speak against Moses. Numbers chapter 12. And they began to say, now those are the things that you can do that can affect the anointing within We'll go to Ephesians 4 later. Why the Bible talks about why we should not gossip, we should not slander, we should not work in bitterness, we should not work in unforgiveness. When you do, you pollute what is inside you and it's of no use. I told them something very similar for service. Believers will frown at a believer who is having, who is committing fornication. But we don't frown at a Christian who is gossiping. But you don't know that it is more dangerous when you sacrifice, when you destroy other Christians with your mouth. And I said, it's as serious as what Apostle Paul wrote about when he spoke about communion. He said, for this cause, many are sick. 
Many are weak and some are falling asleep, meaning they have died. He said, not reckoning with the body. Not discerning the body. That means your approach, the way your fellowship with the body of Christ can make you live long or live short. That was what Paul was saying. So he was not talking about the bread and the wine per se. He was talking about your fellowship with other Christians can shorten or elongate your life. So he wrote to the Corinthian church. said, this is why some of you are sick and weak. I remember I was watching a pastor one day and he started saying that two people annoyed him and he called them to the office and he was foaming and he began to have a headache. Then he remembered what the Bible said that anger should not dwell in you. Then he began to laugh and he said, get up, go, I'm forgiving you. And he became well instantly. The Bible said, Ephesians 4, 27, give no place to the devil. Most of the things happening around us, many times we, by ourselves, open the gate for the enemy to come in. So in that, number 12, Aaron sat down, Miriam sat down, they were both fine. Until Aaron went to Miriam or Miriam went to Aaron and said, Are you see that guy, Moses, is married to an Ethiopian woman. Why? Why? And as they began to talk, God came down. Ah, yeah. How many conversations do Christians have and angels are hearing? As you sit in your house and begin to analyze other people. And we don't know the dangers in some of these things. Moses did not even hear. They were talking outside and then God heard. And God said, Moses, Aaron, Miriam, come here. I want to address you. And he said, if there is any prophet. In other words, what was God saying? Miriam and Aaron, you must be very stupid for what you have just said. You have acted foolishly. Look at the two of you. This uh, You have acted foolishly. I am the almighty who sees everything. Are you telling me that I don't know what I'm doing using Moses? Because now you have become the teacher and you have realized just as people walk into a church and they want to tell you how things should be done. If you say it constructively, it's okay. Oh, I think we should pay attention to this. Because nobody knows it all. But if you say it in a judgmental way, People who do that don't know the judgment you are bringing upon yourself. You are opening the door for the adversary to flood your life. So God said that if there is any prophet among you, I am the one ordaining the prophet. Why are you not afraid to talk about Moses? And the Bible said God left. And Miriam became lep leprous. Leprosy just came upon us. She became a leper. And Aaron saw it, and Aaron cried, said, my Lord Moses. Aaron was three years older than Moses. He said, my Lord, or there about Aaron my, said, my Lord Moses, have mercy on her. Don't let her just die like that. But there is the point. The first thing I want to call your attention to, nothing happened to Aaron. They were talking together. Nothing happened to Aaron. Was God a... <laughs> is it chauvinist or what do you call it? No. Why did anything happen to Aaron? Why only Miriam? Somebody has said that before that the God is partial. Why did he punish the lady? They were both talking about it. It's because of one thing. Aaron was wearing a garment. Ah! How many of you remember teaching on garments? Aaron was wearing a garment. And under that garment, the anointing was on that garment. And God does not cause whatever he has blessed. So God told serpent, you are going to crawl on your belly. When God was angry, God told the woman, I have multiplied your pain in giving birth. But God looked at Adam and he said, I caused the ground for your sake. Hey. 
He had to look for something connected to Adam, but not Adam himself. He started with the serpent. You, you, you will do this. Woman, you will do this. Ah, Adam. Ah, the ground. Are you with me? So, there was, and I'm going to show you Numbers 20. Have you read how Aaron died? Because I'm rushing, I want to detail. Numbers 20 is when Aaron died. How did he die? God told Moses, take Aaron to the mountain and remove the clothes. Verse 25. As soon as they removed the mantle, he died. There is an anointing that protects. Ah, let's start from 25. Look at what the Bible says here concerning Moses. He said, take Aaron and Eliezer's son and bring them up to Mount Hall. And then he told them, verse 26, and strip Aaron of his garment and put it on his son. And Aaron shall be gathered to his people and die there. So when God's anger came down and something happened to Miriam, God just looked at Aaron. The garment protected him. And when the sign was up, God told Moses that death will catch up with him the day you remove that garment from him. They are nothing. Isaiah 10, 26. I want us to read something. But we are already going to 27. Isaiah 10. Are you, are you following me this morning? Let's start from, let's read verse 27. The next verse. I want to read the lead, lead past one. It shall come to pass in that day that the body shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and the yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed. Why? Because of the anointing. And I've explained this short before. The Bible could have said that the, if the Bible had said the yoke shall be destroyed by the anointing. It talks about an anointing that somebody applies. So if I pray for somebody and I command the spirit afflicting him to go, I have broken the yoke in his side by the anointing. But if it is because of the anointing, it means that there is something in your life that makes it impossible for yoke to stay on you. So when you put rubber on a very hot plate, it will melt because of the heat coming from the plates. Did you get that? So by the anointing means an external anointing being administered by somebody because of the anointing talks about more of the anointing that is inside you. But I'm talking about the anointing upon and within, but I'll focus a bit on within for today. So that was how Aaron died. And the Bible said the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. This must have been what David saw. In 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 21, 2 Samuel chapter 1, when Saul died, ah, David was wondering, something must have happened. An anointed person shouldn't die like this. So as David was crying, he said, you mean the Philistine came, they brought out their sword and they killed Saul? Something, he must have opened up. Of course, Saul was working, he wanted to get rid of David. Competition, envy and jealousy, all those things, they robbed you of working in the anointing. So the Bible says, verse 21, 2 Samuel 1, 21. Look at what David said. He said, Ye man, Gibeah, let there be no deal. Neither be, he started cursing the mountain where Saul died. He said, upon fields, offering no, no shield. He said, for the shield of the mighty is widely cast away. He said, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed. Aye. He could tell what came upon him in 1 Samuel 16. When he was anointed with one sling, he brought down Goliath. So it was like, but we all saw when this guy was anointed. How come he died like this? He said, Saul died as though he was not anointed. That means there is a way the anointed, anointed book cannot die. 
there is a way their life cannot go. Are you following me? That when you see it happening the other way, you should be surprised. But what we should be so now, since we started from first John, first John 2:21, the Bible says uh, that the anointing you have received, go to first John 5:18. I want to show you something from there. Are you following me? You see, I mentioned that spiritual people who are spiritually strong are those who can resist the activities of the flesh. So the illustration I gave them on Wednesday. So I come in, I shake Damola, and then I shake uh, um Brabuiwa, and then Femi, and then I skip Damilari, and I move to this sister. Immediately the flesh will go to work. This pastor is partial. It takes a spiritual energy to tell your flesh to shut up. When you are strong spiritually, you forgive easily and overlook things. And the Bible says the, the method, the technology that you are going to use to do that is called love. So the Bible says love covers multitude of iniquity. If you're always talking about the faults of others, it means that your love is so low, so low, and spiritual power is love. God is not power, God has power. God is not faith, God is a faith God, but God is love. And the Bible said, there abide these three things, faith, hope, and love. The greatest, First Corinthians 13, last verse, the greatest, the greatest is love. Look at what the Bible says in 1 John 4, 17, before we read that, that, that uh, well, 4 John 5, 5 18. 4 John 4, 17. Look at what the Bible says. This is very deep. 4 John 4, 17. It should make everybody to make love your goal. Here is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness. No matter the judgment coming upon the face of the earth. Even when we stand before the throne of God. If your love is intact. When you see judgment. It's boldness that will come from you. That we have boldness. Because as he is so are we in this world. Those who are rooted and grounded in love. They are the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3. So a mortal man can walk in the fullness of God. But the technology is love. Being rooted and grounded in love. Many times you appear like a fool for letting go of things. What is the major problem with Christianity right now? We have never liked the anointing upon. The problem is understanding the anointing within. So we have had all over the world anointed people, but with very terrible testimony. Anointed people, yet full of infidelity. Anointed people, and we see all this around. We have seen powerful churches with mighty deliverance ministry, yet their members find themselves more than ungodly people. And what people don't know, one of the reasons why God destroyed the first world, in Genesis chapter 6, he said the whole earth was full of violence. If your life is filled with violence, the same way God stopped them from building the temple, he said you cannot build me a temple, your hand is soiled with blood, you have killed too many people. How many people do you kill daily? A time we come, I will push every member of this church. When somebody, your, your, your countenance will not tolerate. The moment somebody begins to talk about somebody else, you shut them down quickly. You know what? The more you disallow all this kind of news to feed your spirit, the purer your spirit becomes. And the purer your spirit becomes, the more you're able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and fellowship deeply with the Father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, it is so easy. The word is so dirty that we all pick offenses with ease. It's so easy. Now the Bible says 1 John 5, a thing. People come to church, they ask for something, and then somebody refuses to answer, them, and then they are not, I don't know that you, And we saw a bit of that during the conference. Once there is an agitation, people what decide that we come out. Sit down, I want to sit here. And then they get angry. And then the Lord is watching. 
Anytime you are looking for a hotel, I speak in parable. Listen very well. Anytime you are looking for a hotel and you cannot get, and all you get is a manger, remember that Jesus was born in a manger. I get what I'm saying. I just spoke in parable now. Did you get what I've just said? You are trying to get something that's not forecoming. What you are getting is less than what. Pay attention to what you are getting. It might just be that is where the Lord is. Did you get what I've just said? Praise the Lord. First John 5.18 Let me begin to close. <laughs> we know that whatever is born of God overcometh the world. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. And the wicked one toucheth him not. How does he keep himself? Not by hiding inside his house and not going out. He keeps himself in the love of God. The Bible says it's your duty. When you keep yourself, the wicked one cannot touch you. So in this world of wickedness, there is a realm you dwell. The highest realm in the spiritual realm is the realm of love. When you dwell there, the wicked one cannot touch you. This is why when the enemy senses something great coming to an agitation, we start. I get what I'm saying. Before the, just before the conference, my brother, my brother has called me, the tour, I said somebody called them from somewhere and said all manner of things that, talking about me, that your brother was going about saying things about me and he was fuming. Sincerely, I wanted to pick my phone and call that, excuse me. But the Holy Spirit arrested me that, no, this is just a few days. So the myth and that was coming just when I changed my mind and I said, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to respond, I'm not going to defend, I'm not going to say anything. Then I sat on my chair and the Spirit of God said to me, get ready for something new I'm about to do in your life. Stay off food and water for three days. If I'd gone into argument with that guy, I would have missed that moment. And those three days, now it is easier to fast for days with uh, juice, with water. But if you are going to abstain from water, my brother, it is difficult. I would rather accept seven days with water and liquid only than no drink at all. But you see, when the Lord tells you something also, he also gives you strength. I told them something first, which I'm about to tell you now. That you are the center of God's will does not mean everything will look fine. There is a kind of persecution that you enjoy for obeying God. So I said very soon I'm going to preach a message on the blessing of suffering or the gift of suffering. Thou shalt suffer. Me, I no go suffer. I no go. Yes, we are not supposed to suffer poverty or disease. No, but about men not understanding you, about you wanting to go that way and God telling you to go this way. About you, somebody getting you, Canadian resident, whatever, and God saying that stay, stay, stay in Ijebode. <laughs> and it will enter your bone. Yes. 
And you will think because God says change Jebode, will just be very fine. No, people will now start annoying you there. Every day things will happen to say, ah, it's not your fault. I for being in Canada by now. You know, so because this is what some Christians gauge activities on the outside to say, Am I missing God? The fact that things are not okay does not mean you are missing God. Sometimes obey it was God that sent Paul to he wanted to go to a city. I share first, and God said, Don't go. I went to another, and God said, Don't go. Then finally, in the night, they had a vision of going to Macedonia. It was there they were arrested and flogged and locked in prison. But you see, there is something. When the love is you, the, the first manifestation or the fruit of the spirit is love. And it's the first one mentioned. The fruit of the spirit is love. Not the fruit of the spirit. Uh, the fruit of the spirit this is a fruit that comes from your spirit. And I told them something I will end with. Are you not surprised? Paul was a Roman citizen. Roman citizens must not be flogged in those days. When they arrested him and Silas, if Paul had told them that, say, I'm a Roman citizen, they would have started begging him. But Paul said nothing. At times, you let go of your rights. They locked them or they flogged them, but the jailer and his entire family were saved. And go and check history. They left the jailer there and the gospel started spreading. Paul understood that if he had told them it was a, Jew, a, a Roman citizen, they would have let him alone. He wouldn't have met the jailer. God wanted him to be arrested, to go to prison. It was in that prison he would be able to win the jailer for Christ. If some of us were, they would have told them, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a Roman citizen. And then you share the testimony. They wanted to flog me, but I told them, I remember, and then they, they worship. And then, but you have just deprived an entire family of their salvation. Is someone blessed? Yes, sir. I was going to talk about four level, three levels of temptation that David went to. I will just say them briefly. We do a Bible study on them one day. By the way, Bible study starts on Saturday. This Saturday. Before David was, before the old thing revibrated around as a man after God, that many people are claiming now, he first wanted to, he caught Saul's cats. The men told him when Saul entered the cave. Saul did not live inside the cave. It was dark. He came to ease himself. And they said, David, this is the God that said, they quoted the scripture to him. But he go to the message of first service. I say a lot about the letter and the spirit. And David too wanted to just call the skirt of Israel. And he said, ah, no. God was looking. He had the opportunity of killing his enemy. He let go. He didn't do it. Then God moved the game to the next level. Saul was sleeping one day, and one of the men followed and they tiptoed to where Saul was. Now, David had made us say, I'm going to go kill this, my enemy. But one of his boys said that, that's Saul sleeping. Let me pin him down to the ground once. He said, I won't do it two times. And David said, no. That was a ayah. At least you could have said that. At least, no be me kill him. That the fault will be on. But God was, what David said, I won't kill him. I won't let you kill him. Ah! God said, let's move the game to the third level. So finally, somebody killed Saul without telling the First Samuel chapter 1. And he brought the head of Saul to David. David could have said that, well, at least I was not there. I didn't do it. I didn't have somebody to do it. David took the man that brought the head and killed the man. He said, you touch the Lord's anointed. Ah, God called for a conference in heaven. Ah, give me that boy. What kind of man under the Old Testament dominated with love? That was why Absalom couldn't catch David. Love. Love. The Bible says, he that breaketh an head, the serpent shall bite. Any Christian being beaten by serpents, understand that you've broken one edge. And the edge is connected to love. Let me stop here. Shall we rise?
Jesus, we lift up your name. We give you praise. Oh, give you praise. Bless your name. We worship you. There is going to be workers meeting on Saturday. If you have been coming to this church and you desire to be a worker, I challenge you. Come on Saturday. I'm inviting all of you. If you have not done membership class and you want to come, come. But we'll make you do membership class afterward before you can start serving. We need more workers. Because I'm also going to be sharing something about the next assignment God is giving to the church. Then number two. This one is, uh, we're assuming there will be public holiday on Monday or next Monday. If there's no, we communicate the new date. But for now, on May 4th, on May 3rd, that's May 3rd, right? Yes. 11 o'clock. I want to meet with anybody who desires to be a leader in this church at any level. I'm meeting with household captains. I'm meeting with different leaders. If you want to be, because we are going to talk about, it's a strategic meeting about leadership, this church, this city, and everything. If you are interested, I'm inviting you. Also, I won't let you do something to do membership class, but you can attend the meeting and understand. If you attend and you want to be a leader, you're on the right track. So I'm inviting everybody for this meeting. This is day one of 10 Sundays, right? Next Sunday, it continues. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not led to pray. I have already but I bless you in the name of the Lord. During the first hour, as I was ending, this word came out of my mouth from my spirit. This is a week of good news. Rejoice because it's the word of the Lord. Just catch it. All over, we just be having all kinds of good and great news like never before in the name of Jesus Christ your home is blessed your job is blessed your health is secured everyone in the name of Jesus Christ every day you get stronger and stronger in health spiritually in wealth in the name of Jesus Christ this week the spirit of God will communicate the truth that you need to you in the name of Jesus Christ your long awaited uh, answers are here you are receiving answers from heaven. It's the most blessed week of your life so far. In the name of Jesus Christ, evil will be far from you. You are protected on every side. The presence of God will be real in your life. And his blessings will stay with you. The Lord bless you and he will keep you. He will cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. He will, cause, he will lift up his countenance upon you and he will give you peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hello. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to employ you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.